episode 112 of the Hillcrest Duo. I am Brad Risto. You can follow me on Twitter at Brad Risto, and I am joined by my illustrious world traveling co host, Metal John. And you can follow me on Twitter at Metal John Radio. Episode 112, don't you mean 112? Sure, whatever. The 112, is that a, that's an area I don't code know. for something? Listen, I'm weird, okay? We know that. Thank you. Happy Saturday morning. Yes, happy Saturday morning to you as well. We are recording on Saturday, February 8th, 2020. Tomorrow night is the Oscars. That will be one of our main focuses today. But first of all, we also want to talk about you went to the Super Bowl. Plus, there's some pretty big MCU news that came out this week. But let's get to you in the Super Bowl because I didn't get to talk to you beforehand. And obviously... You are Metal John, but you are also a Niners fan. Yes. And you went down to see them. So first of all, what was the experience like before the game? Well, this was my second Super Bowl. I went in 2012 when the Niners played uh, the Ravens in New Orleans at the Superdome. This one was in Miami, or I should say um, Miami Springs, because it's outside of Miami. Uh Uh, I've been to the stadium before. I was actually there for a Marlins game years ago, but... uh, They've since done a lot of renovations. I kind of added that half-roof thing that covers basically everything except the field. Um, it's cool. It's it's small small stadium, so uh, compared to the Superdome, you're in a smaller stadium, so you're closer to the field. Yeah. I, it was, it was, I mean, it was a fun experience. I mean, the Super Bowl is always a fun experience because it's all a bunch of fans, diehards of both teams. And celebrities. Oh, uh, there's some celebrities there, of course. Um, but you know they hide in the in the suites and all the yeah. VIP clubs and stuff. Us normies, we just hang out around the stadium. Now, uh, go to the fan rallies and things like that. But what I will say this though, and this is actually a nice thing because I was having this conversation with somebody. What you don't have at the Super Bowl that you normally have at a regular NFL game or even a regular sporting event is you don't have the drunk, obnoxious, falling all over yourself. Wanting to start fights with people. You don't have those fans there. Cool. Um, so you could actually go there. I was in, in my section in 351. I was one of maybe four 49er fans in that section. Everybody mm-hmm. was Chiefs fans. Chiefs fans outnumbered the Niner fans 9-1 to one easily. Ouch. Um, but what was cool is they cheered for their team. I cheered for my team. There was no jawing back and forth, no smack talk. And actually the guy sitting next to me, a diehard Chiefs fan, we had a good conversation at halftime and even later in the game. And I told him, I was like, oh, yeah, I really want to come out to Arrowhead sometime. He goes, dude, here's my business card. You call me, you come to Arrowhead, you come to my tailgate. Look at that. Cool. Inviting, now, a, white, inviting a rival to, to, to come hang out with you. I, wanted, first, I was going to ask you where you stayed because I know when you do these things, you actually tend to stay about an hour away because you can't get a hotel in downtown Miami. Yeah, downtown Miami's way too expensive, and I, I drove into South Beach on Saturday morning the night before the Super Bowl just to mm-hmm. go hang out and see, you know, ESPN, NFL this Network, all the, all the stuff. I actually stayed in Plantation, Florida, which is right by Fort Lauderdale. Um, I was like a 10-minute drive to Fort Lauderdale Beach. I was about a 25-minute drive to the Hard Rock Stadium in cool. Miami Springs. That's and I was not about, bad. And I was about an hour away from South Beach. Uh, which that's where everybody was at, was at South Beach. But out right. by me, I still had fans of both teams staying at the hotels and stuff. But um, I went to the the Hard Rock Hotel Resort Casino. 
And I guess they had a commercial for that um, during the Super Bowl. Yes, they did. Uh, I was obviously at home watching it, and it was one uh, hyping up the J-Lo halftime show. Yeah, well, that commercial, well, that resort, by the way, is awesome. Like, I hung out there, went to the casino uh, Friday night before the game, and uh, I had a good time, and that place is awesome. I really want to stay at that resort. Okay, now I'm going to have to ask you to relive the fourth quarter. Uh, and I, this is just me as a fan, because when I was watching it at home, pretty much once the, the Chiefs made it 20-17, to 17, my stomach set told me, okay, this game is done, the Chiefs are going to win. At what point did you know that the writing, that the momentum had shifted? Um, it's hard to say when the momentum had shifted. I mean, when the, when the Chiefs took the lead, the momentum shifted, Obviously, for sure. that was... Um, but, no, I just... Late in the fourth quarter, I was pretty confident that the Niners were going to, you know, keep control of the game based on the way they played up until about eight minutes left of the fourth quarter when they, you know, had poor clock management, mm-hmm. uh, throwing the ball on second down and third down when you only had five to go, yep. and you still had the lead at that point. Um, I, they didn't chew up the clock like they have been uh, all playoffs. They just poor clock management, poor play calling. And uh, and then the Chiefs. I mean, I, I'm, I, I'll tell you what. There's I, I'm going to have nightmares on that third and fifteen when Mahomes threw that fifty something yard bomb because that like that crushed me. Uh, that that Sorry. is giving me nightmares. The another play giving me nightmares is that third. I think it was that third down pass that Garoppolo had where Emmanuel Sanders basically had a wide open. Yeah, he had he had he had leverage on the defenders. Garoppolo overthrew him by five yards. And the other play that probably gives you nightmares, the play near at the end of the first half, that was the... Oh, the Kittle, the Kittle... The uh, offensive pass interference. It was offensive pass interference, no doubt about that, but it was a borderline one, and had yeah. he that play stood, you would have at least gotten three points, and who knows what happens. Yeah, no, I agree. And uh, that play doesn't haunt me as much, because... The way I see it is, I, I don't like to blame refs. I don't like to, and, and I thought at least for the first half, the 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 refs were being pretty fair and letting both teams play. Yes. Um, I don't like blaming the refs. I don't like saying the refs costed the game. The refs were, were rooting for the Chiefs. I'm not one of those people. Like, I, the way I see it is, if if the refs make a play, make a call that either costs you points or gives the other team points, it's your job to go put more points on the board. Like okay. don't blame the refs. Like, right. I don't. I don't. I don't like blaming the refs. Um, so that that doesn't matter as much because at that point it's still a tie game. I do wish we would have went more aggressive at the end yes. of the first half to get points. You had a minute on the clock, and you run the ball. You don't call timeout. Then you throw the ball, and and I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, you have a minute on the clock. Mm-hmm. Take some shots downfield. Go for points. And you know what? If you throw a if you throw an interception. Whoop-de-whoop. You're going to throw an interception. You're going to put them on the 40 with 30 seconds left. Are they really going to score a touchdown in that 30 seconds? Probably not. Well, with But maybe. It is the Chiefs. But you know what? It's a risk we're taking. I mean, it's the Super Bowl. You should be going for points on every drive. I was making this joke all week. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, I want you to be my coach throughout the entire regular season and all the playoffs. And then the Super Bowl, how about you let the assistant coach take over? Because two... Up until the fourth quarter. Well, I mean, even, think, in, even in the first half, because of that not being aggressive, yeah. great head coach, just didn't pull it off, but 
they'll be back, I'm sure. Yeah, they I have mean, a little bit of time with the guys before their contracts become too yeah. expensive. I, I don't even know how to like defend the play calling. The only thing I can think of is that Shanahan, um, was, I think he was being aggressive at the end of the fourth in the fourth quarter there with the lead. He was being aggressive because he wanted more points. He did not want to just be conservative and run the ball and chew up clock. I think he really wanted to go get more points, knowing Mahomes is probably like going to be Mahomes. <laughs> yes. I mean, he was being aggressive about it, and it just did not pay off. I mean, because think about it. If Emmanuel Sanders catches that ball, the Niners easily get another three or seven points and two more time off the clock. I think if he catches that ball, the Niners probably win that game. They probably do. But I th- but he overthrew him. It didn't work out. Chiefs, <laughs> I mean, and then the garbage points after yeah. after that, like I don't even care about it anymore. Like yeah. I, I'm not even thinking about that. I mean, the way I see it is, you know, the Niners on that drive gave it up. But it is what it is. But I still had a good time. And, yeah, I'm confident the Niners are going to make a deep run again next year because – the whole squad's coming back. All the coaches are coming yes. back. The coordinators are coming. Everybody's coming back. We don't have any guys that we got to resign. Um, Armstead has actually come out this week and has said, "Hey, look, I'm opening. I'm open to the Niners franchise and tag me. Like I'm open for it because I want to stay on this team. So if staying on this team means I get franchise tag. I'm cool with it. Yes, and that's, that's awesome to have a player that will come right out and say, yeah, that. it they." I don't know how many more seasons they have left, but they have a few more shots left with this squad. But yeah. let's transition. Let's talk about some of the new The things. XFL? Well, we could, but how about we talk about um, uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Probably getting the best director I could actually possibly think of for their... Doctor's Not confirmed yet. It's just rumors. I thought it was confirmed. No, no. I, I actually double-checked it this morning. Uh, but, he's in talks. But in th- talks. Let, let's, I'm going to explain what tap we're talking about. Sam Raimi, director of Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2, and Spider-Man 3, but also the director of some of the best horror movies that I can think of, especially more comedic and uh, different co- horror movies, is in talks to direct Doctor Strange 2 and the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. And he's just perfect because you have this guy that has directed a superhero movie, has directed horror movies, and you're going to get him to direct your superhero horror movie. Obviously, maybe some of his talents on the horror side will be curtailed because they obviously want this to be for more of a wide audience. But still, letting that experience come through is just genius directorial pick. Um, no, I, I think it's a great pick because it also tells you what they're looking to possibly do with the yes. new Doctor Strange movie. I mean, because you're going to bring in somebody who's got these, like, horror ties. He's got, his, he's got a different vision of things. Yeah. And and he's, got, he's even got, like, a different type of style and different type of comedy that he likes to no bring doubt. to the table. And I think that, obviously, there's a vision for this movie that he's going to fit into, mm-hmm. which is why he's in talks for it. And agree, I double-checked it as of this morning. He's still in talks. He hasn't signed on to do it yet. Um, and when you really think about Sam Raimi's career, I mean, he is the he is the person who launched MCU with the first Spider-Man movie. Now, I do give John Favreau a lot of credit too because he brought us Tony Stark and yes. Iron Man and Robert Downey Jr., which which 
probably kicked it to the next level. But Sam Raimi said, hey, look, let's give Marvel a chance at some movies with Spider-Man, because Batman's already established. Mm-hmm. Let's try something with, with Spider-Man and, and do the cartoony well, also, comic book thing. Also it was, and it worked. And then it turned into Iron Man, and it turned into what we have now. Well, it was also the early 2000s, so comic book movies were just kind of languishing. You had a bunch of ones that could charitably be called B-movies. And yeah, I mean, like X-Men. Blade yeah. and Spawn and mm-hmm. some of these other ones that... And then X-Men and Spider-Man came out, and superhero movies have been the go-to franchises ever since. Yeah, I mean, we've got one but, pretty much every couple of months. But he is just the perfect choice, just the perfect melding of the two, and he finally gets to do probably what is could be his masterpiece, merging a superhero film, which he mastered with Spider-Man 2, and any number of horror movies, but I guess actually Evil Dead 2 is probably the best of the Evil Dead trilogy. Yeah. And he gets to do Doctor Strange, too. So, well, therefore, it's guaranteed to be perfect. Well, and another one that's in his credits that a lot of people seem to forget, which actually he sort of did like a horror-ish superhero movie, Darkman. Oh, yeah. And and, and so he's he's got the he's got the credits in here. So I'm 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 excited, but the thing is I don't know much about the Doctor Strange multiverse. I'm I have to assume that some of his villains are maybe more more along the uh Dormanu. Oh yeah. We saw him in the first one. Yeah. He's uh, and he's obviously going to want revenge cuz he battled him to a stalemate. He didn't beat him and that's and that is actually probably one of the best things that happened in Doctor Strange now that I think about it. He didn't really beat the enemy. So that means that enemy can come back in a sequel. He left a sequel for a chance to add another shot at the hero. Plus we also have Baron Mordo who is now a villain. Yeah. The more I think about it as we're talking about it right now, Doctor so, Strange did a lot of things different than most MCU films do. Yeah, well and he's he falls more into the sci fi Mm-hmm. Uh, element. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I, I'm excited. I think this is huge for Sam Raimi um, and huge for Bruce Campbell because he'll get a cameo. Of course. he's <laughs> He has to be in it somewhere. You know that's in the contract somewhere, right? Yes, that's, that's part of it. So, uh, we'll, we'll see. I, I, really hope that it, uh, I really hope it pans out. I would love to see Sam Raimi get a chance. I, I honestly, I, I really wasn't into like the whole Doctor Strange character thing, but... Adding, adding adding Sam Raimi makes me interested. You see, I was into the Doctor Strange character, if nothing else, because the way he beat his enemy at the end was just such an inventive way of getting him in the time loop. You can say what you want about um, his contributions to Avengers Endgame and the whole Avengers um, uh, stable of movies that he was in for two of them, but his first one was a fun romp. It might have spent a little bit too much time training him, but now he is going to be the Sorcerer Supreme, so we get to see him at the peak of his power, and this I think this will be fun. Yeah, and another thing about Sam Raimi, too, that I've noticed watching a lot of his movies, that he, he really isn't big into a lot of special effects. He likes to do very simple action, practical, practical effects, practical effects um, even though... This is a whole sci-fi world, you know, of wizards. <laughs> yes, I, I, uh, I, I mean, I, I'm curious to see how Raimi will handle it to make it actually feel more realistic and not so mm-hmm. much like you're watching a, a video game. Yeah. So, 
Hmm, but a, uh, I, real quick, too, before we get into our Oscar talks, um, and this is going tying still back into the Super Bowl, we, we had our Super Bowl movie trailers. We did. Um, and, I, didn't I mean, I think me and you will both agree without even talking about it that this was a huge miss for them not to do anything with Ghostbusters. Yes, I, I, I thought it was a guaranteed lock that there would be one. It's one of your big summer tent poles if you're Sony, and you didn't. And, and you've do got anything. so many. And, and think about it, our generation, yes, our, us '80s kids and early '90s kids, like Ghostbusters is like our thing, mm-hmm. and we're all watching the Super Bowl. Yeah, here's your chance to not only give us something to be like excited about, but also younger audience could be like, "Whoa, this looks cool!" Like, give us the one frame of Bill Murray. Yeah, got one great Bill Murray commercial in the Super Bowl. Yes, the Groundhog Day one. <laughs> yeah, you missed that one. That was I a did. fun one. But luckily it's going to be on TV all the time now. Yeah. But here are some of the trailers we did get. Quiet Place Part 2. I will say, quick thought on that. Um, it's cool that we're going to actually see a prequel. It's yes. sort of it's sort of going to be a prequel leading into... Well, you, you well it's going to be like a flashback, yeah. and then it's going to cut to present time. So yeah. uh, we get a new Sonic trailer. You know, I want to give the people for Sonic the Hedgehog all the credit in the world. They did a trailer with a character design that people absolutely hated. They decided, okay, we're going to pull pull it back. We're going to redesign the character completely. And the fact that they listened to fans is laudable, which is one reason why I would recommend, even if you're only semi-interested, Go see this film because the filmmakers listened to the fans. I, I agree with you 100%. And just, yeah, I'm definitely just, going to see just it. Give the, just go see it for that one time for that um, uh, point. They listened to the fans. They listened to fan feedback and corrected course. Yeah. Uh, we got a new trailer for Mulan, uh, trailer for Black Widow, uh, yep. Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. Fast uh, and the uh, Furious Part 9. Oh my God, the best movie of the summer. I hope. In uh, Top Gun, Maverick finally gets his comeuppance for killing Goose. Maybe they should do a mashup of Fast and the Furious and Top Gun. <laughs> well, I'm sure Tom Cruise would be up for that, but he'd have to be on a motorcycle. M- my uh, my vote for best trailer, though, the Super Bowl is definitely going to SpongeBob. That was that was a unique, <laughs> cool spin, and it's SpongeBob, and SpongeBob's awesome. Well, so, some of the trailers were very fun, like how some of the companies came together to do multiple ads because um, uh, Bud Light did one uh, and Tide did one together. Yep. Those were all fun. And uh, uh, I'm also, even though it's not a movie trailer, um, I'm really excited about Hunters. That looks cool on Amazon. Oh, yeah, we're hunting down na- Nazis. Al Pacino, yeah. I, I'm really excited about that. But, yeah, so that's uh, that's pretty much it on the but Super Bowl trailers. Speaking of Al Pacino, let's get into the Oscars because he's up for an Oscar. Yeah, the Oscars are tomorrow night tomorrow from uh, night from Hollywood, um, and uh, yeah, so we've we've got our ballots here. We're gonna go through a couple of the major categories here yep, and, yep. and give our picks. Uh, we'll just start right here at the top of the list. Actor in a leading role. We've this got this is a toughie. Yeah, you've got Antonio Banderas, Lee, Leo, Adam Driver, Joaquin, and Jonathan Price. So I will say this: I did not see the two popes, and I did mm-hmm. not see Pain and Glory. I did recently watch Marriage Story, which is uh, Adam Driver yes. and Scarlett Johansson. This movie got a lot of nominations. It's a um, it's a Netflix movie. Yep. Netflix killing it. A bit. Um, it's it's a good movie, but it's eh, it's not my kind of movie. No, <laughs> it, it's a it's a comedy drama. 
Yeah, uh, but you know what? Actor in a leading role, I mean, I have to give it to the Joaquin Phoenix. I'm rooting for him, not only for superhero movies, but it'd be cool to see two Jokers finally win an Oscar. You got Heath Ledger won it years ago. Uh, his was a, his was a supporting role. Yes, Joaquin Phoenix, I thought he did a great job. I mean, the movie, even though it's a comic book movie, it doesn't feel like a comic book movie. You can take it as a non-comic book movie. You could take it as a mental health type of movie, mm-hmm. a serious movie. Um, and I, think, I, I thought he killed it. I, I agree, and I could see him winning it, no doubt, but I just think there are too many old curmudgeonly bastards in the Academy for him to get the win, so I think it's going to go to the more traditional one, especially because this is the movie that celebrates old-time Hollywood. I'm going to go with Leonardo DiCaprio to win it here because of the comic book um, uh, knock, and once again... Hollywood loves movies that praise old-time Hollywood. So I, I agree, and I, Leo would be a great win. So I, I'm cool with either two of those wins. Um, I, I guess you could say Adam Driver might might be He's in the running for outside one for me. Yeah, he might be in the running for an upset because he does have that role in Marriage Story where it's like it's like you feel sorry for me. Like mm-hmm. this is like I've got to. People love to feel bad for people. Yeah, um, actor in supporting role. We've got uh, Tom Hanks, we've got Anthony Hopkins, Al Pacino, Joe Pesci, Brad Pitt. So, uh, the Irishman with two players in this race. Going to hurt it. Um, so, I, here's, here's my thoughts on this. Like, Tom Hanks um, will probably win. That's my pick as well. Um, but who I would love to see win, Joe Pesci. I agree. Joe Pesci, if nothing else, I suppose more... Has he won an Oscar yet? No. Then yes, definitely him. Because and he came out. I mean, think about his story. He came, he basically came out of retirement. Yes. He hasn't done a movie in so long. Came out of retirement, doing this movie, as a killed favor. killed it in this movie as like the main boss, as mm-hmm. like the in a, in a movie filled with guys who play bad guys. Yeah. Joe Pesci out of retirement is the number one bad guy. No in this movie. ring rust at all. And yes. And once again, and as I was, I think I think the odds are in his favor to win this. Like if I'm betting money on the Oscars, I think I'm betting on Joe Pesci because Tom Hanks is the favorite. Yes, Joe Pesci, very close number two. And also he has the. We've talked about this in the past, the supporting and been wrong each time, but as a lifetime achievement award Oscar as well. Yeah, because we thought last year, um, a few years ago, um, uh, Sly would get it. Yes, exactly for Rocky. Um, so actress in a leading role. We've got um, Cynthia Ivaro for Harriet. We got Scarlett Johansson. Um, oh man, uh, 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 what's her name? Uh, it's right on the sheet of paper. Yes, read <laughs> it. Oh, she's got the most impossible name to pronounce, but I know Cyrus exactly. Ronan. Yes, Cyrese Ronan. She's awesome, by the way. Every movie she's done, <laughs> she seriously gets an Oscar nomination for oh, almost every movie actress. she does. Um, she she picks and chooses her roles wisely. And then you got Charlize Theron for Bombshell and Renee Zellweger for Judy. So this is where I feel bad. Um, I only saw one of these movies. It was Marriage Story. Um, However, based on things I've heard, I've heard Renee Zellweger is awesome, but the movie's garbage. Yeah, but I think Um, she'll get it. I thought Bombshell got horrible reviews, but Charlize seems to get a nomination every year. She's not one of those people. So, I, I mean, I... I'm I'm rooting for Ronan, I, even though I never saw Little Woman. I I'm I'm rooting for her because she hasn't won yet. I think it's going to go to Renee, but I'm actually rooting for Scarlett Johansson. But it's not going to happen. 
Rooting for Black Widow, huh? Yeah. Um, actress in a supporting role. We've got Kathy Bates and Richard Jewell. Mm-hmm. Uh, Laura Dern in Marriage Story. Dern. Scarlett Joe and Jojo Rabbit. Um, Margot Robbie in Bombshell. Um, and Florence uh, Puga in Little Women. And your favorite. Oh, I'm going to Margot. Uh, no, I'm going for Kathy Bates, actually. Uh, that is my pick as well. However, since I picked Scarlett Johansson to want, want her to win for Marriage Story. I want her to win for JoJo Rapid. I want the sweep. Sweep, 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 don't you? Wouldn't that... Just imagine that story. She sweeps the Oscars, gets the Best Actress and Best Supporting Actress same year. Oh, I'd love it. Yeah, I didn't see JoJo Rabbit or Little Women or Bombshell, but... JoJo Rabbit is hilarious. I did see uh, Richard Jewell and Marriage Story. Richard Jewell is a great movie. Richard Jewell is amazing, and it's going to go to Kathy Bates. There's no doubt about that, but... Don't take it. I have oh a little more than thirty six hours before my um, hopes are dashed that uh, Scarlett Johansson wins the both. So don't take it away. Yeah. For animated feature, I mean, I think we're both in agreement here. Toy Story four. Yeah, Toy Story. A uh, Toy Story wins every year for its um, nominated. Yep. Cinematography. Um, the the one with the numbers. Yeah. So we've got the Irishman, Joker, Lighthouse, nineteen seventeen, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, I think. Um, it would be a huge upset if 1917 did not win. That movie the was only por- one that has a chance is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Once again, because Hollywood loves to uh, go for itself. Yeah, well, I mean, and, and Tarantino movies always have great cinematography. Yes. Uh, but 1917, I think, is probably some of the best cinematography I've seen in years. Like, if this was like a three-year award, mm-hmm. 1917 still wins in my hand, in my it's, book. It's just amazing. It- it is so just expansive. Uh, we could go directing. Uh, I did do costume design. And I, all right, tell me what you and got. I chose JoJo Rabbit because good period piece costumes. All right, I mean, I, I, I like What's Upon a Time in Hollywood for costume design or Irishman. Yeah, Rick Dalton looked good. Uh, so directing, we've got Irishman, which is Scorsese. Yeah. Joker. Um, yeah. We've got 1917, mm-hmm. Sam Mendes. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Tarantino. Parasite, uh, which is the Korean film. This is such a tough one. This is All right, I I have to go. I have to go. Nineteen Seventeen again. Uh, Sam Mendes did a fantastic job with this film. Uh, Tarantino. I want him to win because I I love Tarantino. I mean, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was my favorite movie of the I'm year. Going, that's the one I'm going with. I'm going with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood for directing. But look out for Parasite, man. This, oh, I know. This is the movie that might pull off a lot of upsets. I, I know. I've heard that. But I'm going to go with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because it was a great film. Looked great. Great. Just performed great. And once again, going back to my point that I keep hammering and hammering on, Hollywood loves movies about Hollywood. Yep. Uh, documentaries. I only saw one of these. I, did see I didn't a, see any of them. So I did pick, see American pick. Factory. American Factory is actually... Really, really good. Um, definitely worth a worth a watch. Um, international uh, Parasite's going to win hands, hands down. Um, and makeup? What do you What do you like in makeup? Makeup. I d- went I, with I, Joker. Yeah, I'm going Joker as well. I thought. Uh, I mean, obviously, I thought his makeup was great. Um, original score. Uh, I mean, Star Wars with a nomination here. I'm going to go that Star Wars gets an original score now. I win, I mean. So so they could redo all their posters and everything with Oscar winner. Yes. Star Wars, Rise of Skywalker. Original song? Yeah, I don't know It's hard to... Except uh, the movie... Uh, well, I don't know, Toy Story, Rocket Man. I mean, it's those hard to go ones. against the Rocket Man. 
Yeah. Anything written by um, uh, Elton John going up for a nomination is hard to beat. All right, let's get into sound, sound mixing, visual effects. What do you like here in sound editing, sound uh, mixing? Well, you know. Sound editing, I mean, Star Wars, Once Upon a Time, 1917, great. Ford vs. Ferrari, I mean, all of those, all those are Ferrari, solid nominations. I think Ford versus Ferrari gets one of them, and hmm, I think, well, I think um, sound editing goes to Star Wars, sound mixing goes to Ford versus Ferrari. Visual effects. We got Avengers Endgame's got a nomination here. And I think that's where it gets its win. I think really? Avengers, I think Avengers wins an Oscar. Yep. For me, I'm going. I'm going. This is here's here's my pick right here. Sound editing, sound mixing, visual effects. The sweep for 1917. Okay. They're getting all three. Okay. okay. Uh, adapted screenplay. We got The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Two Popes. Yeah, Joker. I mean, what a I'm fantastic pick, screenplay. I'm going to pick. Especially pick coming here. from a guy who writes comedy movies, yes. like to write a dark. I mean, this was like a dark comedy, yes. but also a serious. I such a great writing with this movie. Original, um, original screenplay. screenplay. Um, and I'm picking an upset here. Where you going? Because a lot of people are picking either 1917 or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and I'm going Knives Out. Knives Out was good. Um, I people like Who Done It, and I think that it's going to surprise the world. That's my shocker pick of the Oscars. Now, I, yeah, I'm going Once Upon a Time in Hollywood or Parasite. Um, well, I can't knock Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Once again, Hollywood loves Hollywood. Yeah. All right. Let's wrap it up with Best Picture. We've got Ford versus Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. One nine one seven. Yeah, I think uh, my here's my thoughts. So I think 1917 wins. I want Once Upon a Time. Time in Hollywood to win. So do I. I also would love to see Parasite pull off the big upset. Now that would win. be epic. That even more epic than uh, uh, Sojo sweeping the actress um, wins. Parasite, a foreign picture, winning best picture overall. That would be amazing. Yeah, I mean it'd be great just for foreign films in general. But you know, here's my thought on this though. I mean, it's got a nomination in two categories, you know, foreign film and best picture. It's a lot to win foreign film. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to get both. There's, it's, it's happened before, mm-hmm. but it, I don't think it's going to going to happen. I don't think you're going to get both, but I would love to see it happen. Just, just, just for all the diversity out there in yes. the world that everybody's always crying about. So, um. But we'll see. I mean, I, but again, I think 1917 is pretty much a lock. I mean, you can't really bet against that movie in no, any it's, category it's nominated in. It is just such a gorgeous film and well told. It's hard to beat it. Yeah, I mean, it's worth. I, I mean, I'm actually been debating tonight, like going to see, going to see it a second time, or you know, going to see Parasite a second time. I and mean, there's a couple movies out there I wouldn't mind seeing a, a second time that are um, some of them you can see on demand. Yep. Ha ha. Yes, you can. So, th- those are our picks for Oscars. Uh, Metal, got any closing thoughts before we mosey on out? And say goodbye uh, to our dear listeners. Well, we will be back uh, with uh, some more episodes. Oh, C2E2 is coming up in a few Yes. Weeks. Are you I'll going? Pro- I'll probably make it out on a Saturday, yeah. Yeah, I'm planning on going on that Saturday. We've got a couple guys from Umbrella Academy, the boys. Mm-hmm. Um, I plan on probably checking out the Umbrella Academy Q&A. They've got that on the panel schedule. Yeah. They just announced Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. The Hulk is going to be there. So C2E2 is coming up in a few weeks. 
Um, I don't know if we'll, we may cut a podcast before then. Yeah, because I have to go see um, uh, Birds of Prey. I'm I not, did see that, by the I way. Saw, I saw that on Twitter, and obviously I'll get it. just once again go see Sonic the Hedgehog because filmmakers listening to fans. What a concept. Yeah, so I think our next podcast will have a couple of movie reviews for you. We'll talk Birds of Prey, we'll talk Sonic, we'll talk some of the others coming out. Okay, um, so thank you everyone for listening. Always a pleasure to have you with us. I am Brad Risto. Follow me on Twitter at Brad Risto. He is Metal John. And I'm on Twitter at Metal John Radio. Goodbye, everybody. Talk to you real soon.